As you may recall from my last podcast episode, I revealed that most of my time was consumed with patient care, and when not doing so, I was spending time with family or traveling abroad, establishing radiation oncology centers there or within the U.S., And so this opportunity then required me to establish myself in the social media realm, which for me is a stretch, as in it required me to stretch myself beyond my comfort zone. And as a believer, and if we have believers um, listening in on this podcast, you know that when God gives you a mission, it often requires you to stretch beyond your comfort zone. What was really interesting to me, however, that prior to this opportunity presenting itself, he laid on my heart this desire to disseminate information, as in not just treat and educate my patients, but there was a strong desire within to spread more tentacles outside of the clinic and spread the message beyond just within the walls of the hospital center that I was practicing in at the time, wherever that was in the country or outside the country. And so when the Bible states that he will give you the desires of your heart, we do tend to think that it means that whatever our desire is, that is what he will grant us. But it's actually meant to be interpreted as he will place his desire in our hearts, so much so that we embrace it ourselves. So he was actually pruning me by depositing that desire in my heart such that when this opportunity became available, I would at least be open. Now, obviously, it was not easy to uh, go outside of my comfort zone, but I felt that this was an assignment that was divinely ordained and that in obedience I had to commit to. So the big C reattitudes I discussed in our last podcast was then not only being uh, ascribed to just the patients I saw in clinic, But as you now know, I have co-authored the book in which I discussed the Big C Reattitudes and I also uh, discussed uh, during my podcast and will continue to do so. But the other assignment that he placed on my heart is to inspire, edify, and enlighten by revealing the lessons I learned from the adversities uh, in my life. I disclosed in my last podcast that my mom died um, at an early age. Uh, She was 38 and I was 13 going 14. And my brothers were also pretty much teenagers at the time. And they had to take care of me. Obviously, it was not, it was less than, than hopeful to say the least. 
one would think that I would have crumbled and I probably did at times, but I know that he was carrying me the entire time. And so that's one of the experiences that in retrospect and in much processing and assimilation, I believe that he has now uh, tasked me to spread to those who may be in a time in their life where they need to be encouraged by someone who has had such a similar experience. Uh, eventually, uh, about a, a year or uh, a less than a year later, I was sent to live with my great aunt who did not allow me to grieve at all, which in retrospect was actually a good thing because she did not want me to just be focused on grieving, but to actually continue on with life. So I grieved, yes. I cried a lot, but uh, I was not allowed to just shrink. And that was the best thing for me at the time. But if that was not enough, approximately a year thereafter, we were on our way to church and I met in an accident around River Road. Uh, if you're listening from Jamaica, you all know the dangers of River Road. And unfortunately, may they rest in peace, my cousins, Nicole, Claudia, and Andrea died. And somehow I survived along with Enric Hunt and Stacia. Now I was unconscious the entire time. And I don't know if you've been looking at my Facebook, but Virus Mitchell mentioned this uh, in one of her communications with me on Facebook. And I thought about the fact that it was such an event that she recalled that and that others also mentioned this. And when you think of all of those adversities, one wonders what actually gives you the strength to rise above it. Because when they are sequential, you could actually crumble you can succumb and just determine that life is just not for you and that there is nothing that could possibly be positive beyond what you're experiencing at the time. But I'm here now and based on everything that has occurred thereafter, including many oppositions, I can say with calm assurance that there is always, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to be patient, to wait, to take one step at a time through the tunnel, through the darkness, until the light is revealed. And so, again, that was laid on my heart as a mission to spread that word of encouragement because the opposition doesn't actually end there, but all of those adversities, they prune you. And in retrospect, you realize 
that he was carrying you the entire time. And as we know from Job's story, he, God has to actually allow this to happen. So when he allows it, he already knows the outcome because he is the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. And he is omniscient. So he has prescient knowledge of your strength even when you don't know it yourself. He knows what your outcome will be even when you don't know yourself. He knows what's within you because there's a self that you don't know and there is a self that no one knows. So the only person who knows you fully is God himself. And so you see, when the oppositions came thereafter in life, where your motives are misinterpreted for whatever reason, or you are doing what you think is best, you're working hard, you are standing with your integrity, even when you're standing alone, and you're being courageous, and yet you're being questioned, or you're rejected, which I've come to realize that rejection is actually redirection. You have to really think about those times in your life, and I'm only saying this in retrospect because going through it is always going to be difficult, but I hope that my knowledge and my enlightenment that I have gained in retrospect, you see, will help others there going through similar experiences to then realize that indeed you could actually be in the right but be perceived to be in the wrong. So when you question yourself, as long as you know that you are standing bravely, exactly where you should be doing, exactly what you should be doing, then there may be, there may be a reason that you're being opposed. And in a discussion with my sister-in-law, this, uh, this actually was, this point was raised. And it was interesting because what I stated was that maybe the assignment is over. So there is redirection in rejection and your assignment may very well be over when you're opposed and then it's time to move on because if I was never opposed and if I was never rejected and if I never had the adversities prior to that to deal with the opposition and the rejection, then I would not be in the position to encourage you today. And so, I am indeed grateful for the revelations from adversities. And that is why the channel is called Revelations from the Oxymorons of Life. As T.D. Jakes has said many times, Grief should never be wasted. There is gain in pain.
and Dr. Darius Daniels has this expression that I think is quite profound. He states that adversity is the door that leads to elevation and transformation because it is only when we are challenged that we really know what we're made of. It's only when we are forced to be creative because we have no other options that we realize how strong we actually can be and how much we have within us, not just for us, but to share with others. And so I will leave you with this prose that I wrote a few weeks ago, um, one of those 2 a.m., 3 a.m. mornings, familiarity with adversities. And I reference this because of the connection that I have with my patients, which I mentioned in my last podcast, I think is certainly due to the adversities I've had to face. Familiarity with adversities. Not the same, I'm the first to proclaim, but I'd recognize that face even in the darkness or raining blizzard days. That visage, painted with utter despair, begs the question, why me, God, or can you even hear? Repeated, I ask him, my mom's arms, body, now limb, hope ripped, dreams shattered. Now what is life, or does it even matter? But her words echoed, resonant, as if beckoning from afar. Hold on, my dear child, it hurts, yes I know, and it will leave a scar. But my daughter of honor, my sweet avatar, he is sovereign, he's God. Your future is in the palm of his hands. He'll keep you safe, she said, in his perfect will. That was the axiomatic truth. For decades later, here I stand, as evidence that God answers prayers on demand if you just keep holding on to his unchanging hands. Thank you for listening. Oh, I would be remiss if I did not add this postscript, i.e. P.S. You remember our first podcast? I was asked the question, what is the best thing a patient has ever said to me? And I uh, noted that a patient, unfortunately, of mine died of stage four breast cancer and her husband called me the following day just to let me know how much his wife wanted to convey that she appreciated the care that she received from me during her treatment. Well, he will be a guest on our upcoming episode. And there's even more surprise in that same episode. So I'm very honored 
to have him as a guest, and I'm sure you will be too. So please do tune in. Thank you.